It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. 
podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mm-hmm. You haven't got sex, are you, Al? Fair amount. Yeah? What do you mean? How much is a fair amount? How many times do you uh, dig in her middle? Oh, she, wants a, <laughs> she wants a chavvy, don't she, so? She wants a chavvy? Yeah, you know. So where, you, where are you having sex? Like Milton Keynes? <laughs> dissing your ends, mate. Yeah, you can so, diss my ends. Are you even blowing, <laughs> blowing your beans up over there? <clears throat> I don't know whether um, beans is a nice way, but, you know, I'm sending, I'm sending uh, generals in here. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock! A camel turn up! Episode 23, Season 5 of the Fighting Got Podcast. Welcome, everybody. Hello. What's going on? Hello. We've got Ricky. Hello. Alex from Bristol. Yo. And Barty. Hello. I'm Flav. How have you all been this week? Been good weeks? Se- second week back at work uh, for after Christmas and that, so... Getting back into the swing of things, you oh, know. Oh, yeah? Oh. That's right. Yeah? Yeah. Boring. Nothing really going on, got to be honest. It's OK, pretty good. Quite David Bowie died today. Yeah, sad. Sad when people die. Um, but I don't, I, I don't want to kind of drop a grenade or anything, but I, I always have this kind of position of... Some people pass away. It's a part of life. I, don't, I, I never really understand the massive outpouring... I get that loads of people liked his music. It's just, uh, it just didn't move me. Really. I think it's, it was sad that he's sad for his family and everyone really close to him. But other yeah. than that, it didn't really affect me. I think it's what you grow up with. Like I was, I don't think they're upset about personally because obviously they're not because they didn't know him. Mm. But just the fact that part of your childhood or yeah. teens die. I was like that when MJ went. That was a dark day. Really? Yeah. What, what? You're such a strange man. Because I grew out of him. It was... Uh, <laughs> what, in, in his house? You went to visit his house? Or I don't let him. Uh, no, it was... Because uh, that, that was a big part of my uh, music education. So he released 29 albums, studio albums, David Bowie, which is, uh, is no mean feat. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a question from Phil Moop, Phil Moop on Twitter. He says, if Spurs was a David Bowie song, what David Bowie song would they be? Heroes. <coughs> oh, that's nice. Ooh, that's nice. Well done. All under pressure because we've got some big games coming up. We've Ooh. got focus for these games. Starman. Right? Modern Love. Modern Love. Alex said uh, Modern Love before, but you can't name <coughs> one line from this one. <laughs> Come on, Alex. What? One, li- one line from Modern well, Love. Well, it's just Modern Love because <laughs> I love Tottenham and, you know, I'm modern. <laughs> <laughs> I would have gone for Heroes as well. There's a line that we, we can be heroes just for one day. It just, it just reminds me of it. Like a, a rousing speech in the cup final in the changing rooms. Like, like for, for one moment you win this game and you'll be heroes yeah. forever yeah. in people's minds, carrying home the FA Cup or whatever. 
I just, I, I do love that song. From one bunch of heroes to the next, Harry Kane saved us in the last minute with a penalty against Leicester yesterday. He's been tipped with a, a, a move away from Real Madrid. Apparently they're sniffing around him again. He's come out in the press today to say that he's happy to stay at Spurs. Whenever you hear something like happy to stay at Spurs, or happy, he's happy to be here, it's always kind of like... how that, It's kind of like a throwaway sentence. Do yeah. you know what I mean? I'm, 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 I'm happy to be here. In a, what I should say, sorry, just to go, <laughs> just to qualify what I'm saying, is if you read all of his quotes, there's no doubt that he loved being at Spurs and there's no issue there. It's just all cheap journalism, probably. Indeed. In the Evening Standard, um, Harry Kane was happy to remain at Spurs. Yeah. And I, just, I remain. Like, he'll see what else has come floating about and then... They'll make a decision. Fuck off. I think it's uh, it's headline writing, isn't it? Yeah, of course and it is. It's sort of clickbait in, in the kind of earliest form. In yeah. that let's get people picking up this newspaper so that it can absorb as many adverts as possible. And it's also that time of year where Real Madrid have got the Champions League starting up again. Harry Kane's probably the best striker that's not cup-tied at the moment. Maybe him and uh, Higuain are the two best kind of... And they're not going to go back for a player they're already sold. So it makes sense why he'd be linked, but it's it's bollocks. He would never... Spurs would never sell, especially not during a mid-season transfer window. Um, Zidane, first game at Real Madrid. Gareth Bale scored three goals. Would you take a straight swap between Gareth Bale and Harry Kane? Um, my head says yeah. Yeah. But my heart says no. You know. I think I would, you know. <laughs> Rick? Don't ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking hard question, that one. Is Gareth Bale a better footballer than Harry Kane? I just remembered, like, I don't know, the the pure excitement and joy of when Bale would get the ball and run at defences and you just knew that he could score whenever he wanted. It it just felt like that. Mm. And he would kind of, like, so much was on his shoulders at the latter stages of his career at Spurs where um, it was just down to him to get the ball run and fucking smash the ball in, and he scored so many outrageous goals right. as well. What's the answer? Um, fucking hell. <laughs> I, I can't decide. I, can't, I literally can't say. It is head v heart, isn't it? Because you're like, Harry does love us. He does. Yep. But tactically, if we got rid of Kane, we'd have, and we'd have no strikers then. Definitely have no strikers. You wouldn't put... You saw this weekend that playing Sun through the middle, even with Bale wide, is not going to win as many games. But, again, speaking to what um, our leader, Flav, has, has said, <laughs> and, um, and the, like, Poch is build, building a team and it's not built around certain stars and, and, and managing their expectations and pulling on in, individuals. It's, a, it's more of a collective, and I think Harry Kane fits that more rather than playing up to Bale and letting him, you know, lead everything and for him to get every free kick penalty corner and yeah. everything yeah. relying on him yeah. a striker that we have been linked with is Moussa Dembele of Fulham um, well I don't want him why not can't have two players with the same name it's ridiculous <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. it is it's mental he's young it's just not practical that aside <laughs> it's not practical <laughs> it is a bit of a nightmare yeah. for uh, commentators but I would be interested to see how they'd, they'd manage that mm. we just call you should come up with a nickname wouldn't you Double S Dembele. Dembeleino. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Little Dembele, that's what it means. Oh. 
It's true though. How would you get around it? If you don't listen to Dembele, it would be weird. I agree. It would You're be right. Weird. It's but that's not. A, that's well, not well, let's put say his name for a second. It, would he? Is he the right fit for what we need? He's young. He scores goals. He's promising. He fits the model that we're kind of putting in place. Yeah. And he's relatively cheap. I think his contract's up at the end of the season. Then um, why not? I don't see. There's no big gamble there. Did you all read the 20 minute read uh, on about Pochettino called the Sheriff? Yes. Yeah. It's a great article. Alex didn't. No, I was busy. I'm moving out. You're not proper. I've moved. Yeah. You moved ages ago, mate. Yeah, but there's <laughs> stuff to do, shelves and shit. It takes 20 minutes. Yeah. It's called 20 minute read out yeah. of your day. Tell me what happened. Right, well, it, part of what Pochettino loves to do is with young players, why he obsesses over young players and brings them through, because essentially he can mould them. I think he'd find it much difficult to, much more difficult to mould a more established player who's mm. set in their ways. You can see about the kind of players that he got rid of. You know, established first teamers at at Wyatt Lane who for, for one reason or another weren't willing to bend and to, into his system Dembele who won't probably won't expect to start of it, he's kind of perfect for that he's young he can be moulded into Pochettino's ideals and he doesn't <coughs> expect to start the problem we've got is you can't sign £30 million striker because I was thinking about that I'm going to butcher his name but Lacazette Lacazette yeah Lacazette uh, from He's been, but he's been outrageously off form this season. He's, right. he's had a terrible... And, and Newcastle have been looking at him. Yeah. Mm. So I know he's been off form, but would he come and, and sit on the bench? Probably not. So, you know, someone like Dembele of his age, who, who wouldn't mind playing understudy to Kane, it seems like an, a good solution to our problem. I like um, that Watmore... Yeah, at Sunderland. Yeah, Holy shit! Really? He looked. But again, how, I don't know how you could possibly say that because he would have played like five or six games. You can obviously tell that he, he works his nuts oh. off. Has got a bit of talent. Has done dug quite well with the with the England youth team. I would look like a talent uh, next to Danny Graham, man. Danny Graham. What? He's good. He's what more? Oh, I see what you're saying. What more? <laughs> what more's good? Uh, it looks like a very good prospect, and I wouldn't mind. So what you'd be able to get him in for, and, and no, no, anyone fifteen with no, easy. So what is he rubbish or not, buddy? He's, he's 15 million. He's not. Don't listen to him. He doesn't know nothing because his, his name doesn't end in a vowel. Have you known? It does actually. Another <laughs> good point, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know any other uh, a, a word more commonly that come? Uh, another word that comes out of Bardi's mouth more often than the word shit. <laughs> yeah, no. He's shit. Sorry. He's proper shit. <laughs> Sorry, it comes out more than shit. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so many reasons. Yeah. Um, what it. more, though? Come on. What uh, more? Come on. Fucking hell. What do you think? We're talking about young players, young English players that can be moulded. What are you aspiring to? If you sign people like what more? Yeah, but this is this is what's going to be quite interesting about what? this about this transfer window, right? What? Is what? that Sorry, is, that, is that people will want big names like now and in the summer yeah. will want names and big names like that. and if Pochettino isn't if that article say is true that. if that doesn't happen then people are going to get annoyed Break. when they goes and signs out what, signs you, what, what did you say when we signed Deli Alley from the yeah. mighty MK Dons what, what did I say yeah what did you say uh, I said that he he's shit <laughs> <laughs> and I've been proven right yeah. <laughs> I think the last good one well, the, the last English player to come out of the Sunderland Academy that was like rated highly was Jack Colback man you can't rate at least Milton Keynes have got like a track record of producing young talent that's done actually gone on to do stuff I know you're going to ask me to name yeah, one go player on. but there's definitely one player <laughs> Gal- Gal- what's his name Gal- Galloway Galloway Galloway, Galloway. Bingo, you, you there you just, yeah, but that's just nice yeah, nice. Yeah. we hadn't have had anyone come through since Ledley King for ages until we've had uh, about players, eighteen players. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we've, had, we've had a few that have kind of made it, made it ish. You know, like Corker. Any other, any other transfer roundup? 
Any, any, anything else that's been happening? We've been Barali, according to Shiloh. Shiloh. Oh, Shiloh Tracy. Mm. Signed from Ebbsfleet. Made his debut against Chelsea in the under-18s. We lost 4-2, so... Right, him off. Yeah, <laughs> beat him off. Beat him off. But he him played off. well in did America, nothing. didn't he? He, did, he was on the tour with the under-18s, I think. In the summer? No, this, uh, this winter. They went across to America and did a little tour, and that's where I think he impressed there. That's the reason why we signed him. I just like his name. Mm. I hope he has Shiloh on the back, not Tracy. That's good, yeah, that'd be nice. Um, OK, so let's move on. Leicester at home in the FA Cup. How did you think we got on? Did you enjoy the game? I did. Tom Crowell was brilliant. <clears throat> Tom Crowell was brilliant. He was... Uh, everything that I said he was against Everton, which, which he was, he definitely was against Leicester. <laughs> That's my full analysis. Of... <laughs> We've gone over it at Everton, and we agreed that he played 60 minutes of football and yeah. then 30 minutes. No, he was, he, was, he was really good. I thought the first, first 15, 20 minutes... Uh, went about the game in the right way. There was a nice pace, nice pace to it, nice um, nice tempo, decent goal. Um, but then, as ever, set pieces. I remember saying as well before it went, "Don't concede now." And this is what happened. And um, who scored as well? Yeah, <laughs> big <laughs> stiff idiot. Big stiff idiot. And he was. I was like, "This guy's going. He's, go, he's like, he's even get sent off. He's yeah. going to lose his rag. He's going to eat Tom Carroll. Yeah. Something like that." Because he just got done twice in yeah. quick succession. He, you could tell you're losing his rag, and he just fucking wallops that header in. <laughs> and Toby can, to lose him as well. Can, of all can people, it, can anyone? Yeah, he was fought for both goals out of there. But who? Can anyone pronounce that geezer's name? Wasilewski. Yeah. But the problem with twinge in my cock. Leicester started Leicester were a bit naive when they started, which is a bit strange because there was like massive gaps and um Sun nearly had a chance where he roasted Razalewski and then Delat came in and made like a yeah. last minute tackle. But then after that Leicester got a bit wise to it. And I think part of the reason why Carroll looked so good is because they just gave up midfield and Lomos like they just went all the way back to their own area, tightened up, no space in behind. So Carroll did look good because he had a lot of space. He did, but, but he also did a lot with a ball. He's, him and Ericsson found that managed to thread that ball through and find a forward pass almost every time they got it. Yeah. I thought both of them together were, were fantastic, but especially Carroll. Yeah. I thought maybe Dyer should have come off a little bit sooner because we didn't read. I thought it was a bit unnecessary. A holding midfielder against a team that had no interest in, in winning anything in midfield. I would have taken him off early and put Ben Teleb on because I thought he was. I thought he used the ball quite well as well. Despite conceding two goals in the second half. That's not right, is it? Yeah, uh, no. Took a goal shortly after we started in the second half. That's better. Mm. I wish we edited this podcast sometime. <laughs> um, we, we were the better team. And I've said that all the time. I thought we were a better team. I, I thought we dominated for a lot, lot of the game without creating a great deal. But we had control of the game. I know that doesn't really mean anything in, in the grand scheme of how a game might play out. But they looked like a team that had made more changes than we had and that probably is true yeah, it is. yeah. Um, but you know, I, I was quite comfortable it was just that mental second goal that they scored what's his name? Um, Ozaki Ozaki? is that it? yes yeah. I was going to say something <laughs> <laughs> I was going to guess basically but yeah. I felt like an idiot uh, that was a freak goal <clears throat> now, people, he, nearly, he nearly fucked it up he twice he fucked it up he just fucking fell in front of him it was like people were saying Trippier did like sort of Ronaldinho's skill when his head just rattled around his legs that was fucking glorious by the way yeah. <laughs> it was the worst best goal I've ever seen <laughs> yeah. Yeah. because he did that skill on Alderville who was just like 
no human being would have gone on their left foot there. But just because he miscontrolled it, he completely fooled everyone. And then the first finish was shit. The second finish was, was even awful, worse. Yeah, off the side of his shit. Yeah, and he loved it. I quite. I mean, I fucking hated going two one down, but yeah. there's something likable about him. But did you see the goal he scored against Newcastle early in the season? Yeah, a little try. Came off. His, it came off his backside. <laughs> he was completely. It was an embarrassing goal. I wouldn't have even celebrated. And he loved. He it. celebrates everyone like it's a worldie. As you should. As you should, mate. Ricky, anything to add? Uh, yeah. In the first half, <laughs> I thought um, Ericsson's ball playing was absolutely superb. Yeah. Um, he, th- there was no kind of hesitation. Like it was the kind of quick one-two. As soon as the ball came into me, he pinged it, and he there was directness, there was pace about it, um, and he kept pushing it out to Rose, and Rose had loads of space. And Rose kept wh- whipping it in, and like the first uh, first half, I was like, "Fucking hell, man!" Ericsson is like a man possessed. He was he was doing absolutely brilliant. And then in the, you know, the second half, he tailed off a bit. But second half as well, we had a lot of space on the right with Trippier, um, and he um, put some brilliant crosses into the defender's back. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They blocked. They blocked no, a, a, lot, a lot. He's a good. He's a good crosser of ball. I think yeah. that's his trait. Yeah, exactly. And then I did wonder why he kept slip, slip, slapping the defender's back all the time. But, um, yeah, I, I thought we would have done more because we had, we, we had a lot of space in like, the first half, a lot of space down on the left and, and a lot of space on the right. Um, and I thought that one of the balls would at least kind of find someone, but they didn't. <laughs> they, it was nice. <laughs> they, defend, they defended quite well, though, to be fair. Like I said, we had a lot of the ball. It was those games, those games like that where they're obviously sitting, majority of the men behind a behind the ball as Barty said letting us have that midfield space and inviting us to, to come onto them it was you know you get flashbacks of those of those AVB days and early um, <coughs> Pochettino days where teams would come and sit those 10 men behind and they still do now but it, it hasn't been a game like that for a while where it's been that frustrating and it's so easy to get um, to lose your route I mean I think I, I tweeted at one point saying this is just utter shit which it wasn't it was just you're just annoyed because you're the most reactionary person I've ever seen which a football match yeah that's why I don't really try not to tweet during games yeah. but uh, even then it was bad but like I said we, it, there was lots of through balls attempted and lots of different crosses attempted but they just defended quite well I thought in the end the, the way they defended was their downfall because they kept allowing Chadley and Trippier and Son we were always in their box and the more you're dribbling at someone you're taking people on in the box the, the more there's an opportunity for a fuck up and that's exactly where the penalty came from and I don't stand by the fact that it's a controversial it's handball it, you, he used his arm to divert the ball away from Rose running on it's a penalty man Yeah, and that, that penalty is due to the way they defended it's a stonewall penalty stonewall penalty no it isn't absolutely stonewall when people say stonewall well, I don't understand what stonewall is I don't know I a wall of stone you can't argue you can't argue with a wall of stone yeah, it's there it's there oh ok ok <laughs> <laughs> no it doesn't probably not here but it makes <laughs> sense yeah oh that, that, that's a wall of stone no 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 no, no. It's, that's breeze block no, no that's stone yeah. that, that's stone Stab oh, right, you're right you're right correct well done definitely breeze block yeah <laughs> it was a definite penalty it was yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, I um they like karate chopped it I think someone it. someone done a slow down vine that I saw and there's a bit yeah we, we clearly see that his arm gives it a little push no, no, not, whether no, the ref can see it or not is a, is a different is a different question yeah but right. if you're asking is that a penalty or not then it is should he have given it based on his view etc etc who knows did the ref give it or the linesman ref right 
he couldn't physically see through Danny Rose to see whether or not the reaction played a huge part. I'm sure. I think so. I think right. Okay. There's, 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 well, I don't really know the letter of the law. I think I. I think I kind of do, but I might be wrong because I think it changed. He, he didn't deliberately ha- handle that ball because he wasn't even looking at it. He didn't know what he was doing. Was the, was his hand in an unnatural position? Yeah. Maybe not because you you're, you should be allowed to balance. And as the way they were kind of jostling together, he couldn't really control how his arm was going. I was surprised when it was given. I'm happy it was, because I, pref- I like the penalties that we don't deserve. Oh, They're yeah, last-minute ones as well. Perfect. They're yeah, my favourites. Yeah, yeah, I do love those. Favourite ones are Cora yeah. against Portsmouth. Yes. He dived and was at least three feet away from the defender. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm happy that it was given, but I don't think it was a penalty. But everyone, this is what it's all about, and everyone disagrees, don't they? Danny Murphy on Talks will say it weren't a penalty. Oh, so the, the, the oh, Stonewall then. Stonewall then. Stonewall Danny. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> T- tell me about a professional footballer who said it was a penalty. Uh, Crouch said it penalty, wasn't he? Did he I say can't that? remember. I stopped. I can't watch any of those pundits in this. Yeah, I don't, yeah I don't really have anyway, a The referee said it's a penalty. That's all it is. Yeah, there you go. Done. All right, fair enough. Uh, Rose captain. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. I'm not sure that being nice is uh, and doing a nice thing should make you captain. But is he deserved it? I'd like to think that with with Pochettino and with personality and and attitude being obviously such a big big deal for for Pochettino. Whether you agree that's how a captain should be picked or not is up to individual people. But it obviously matters a lot to Pochettino, and it would it would be something that the other players in the team I would imagine would be happy with. One of our senior like players, that. probably the most senior player at Spurs. I don't think he, the captain said anything other to do with it. He was the longest serving player. And the moment Kane came on, he gave the armband over. It was just because you're not going to give it to Onoma or Wimmer or anyone like that. But why wouldn't it? But, but you really, do you really think that with, with really Pochettino? That. It seems to me that personality traits seem to be such a big deal for you him. Give it, give it think, to Tobes. Yeah. I well, think you're reading a little bit too much into him, that you're trying to read his mind and judging him. They're he's, being a bit he, naive, you say. No, no, he's just proved he's not very... Sen- Pochettino, one thing he isn't, he's not sentimental. Mm. He gets rid of players who've had a long history of the club. He binned our captain and our vice-captain last season. He's not got a great true. track record of making captain, yeah, people captain. He's, he's looked around and said, who's been here the longest? Danny, be captain. And we don't actually know how vocal Danny Rose is in the dressing room. He may well have a, a significant influence there. So yeah. it's hard for us to say. Yeah, well, we don't, uh, we don't know. None of us know, do we? I'd, I'd like to think uh, that it isn't just... I'd, I don't, I'm not one for massive amounts of sentiment when it comes to, to picking captain and stuff but I also wouldn't want to go the way certain European international teams where it's like well, whoever's got the most caps they're captain I, that, there's, a, there's a medium to be found but I think we're um, speculating aren't we yeah we don't yeah. actually know but was you happy do you think you did a good job yeah I thought so I, did, I wasn't I'm not overly... sure actually I'm not sure the smallest man on the pitch should be captain either You've got to pick a big, big lump to be captain. In case Maradona was a captain, he should never have been captain. Yeah. Look at him; he's not. He's the shining. He's a bastion of, of, of moral <laughs> virtue. Larice ain't a big lump, though, is he? Who? Larice. He's six foot two, bigger than Danny Rose, isn't he? Xavi at Barcelona yeah. was a captain. Yeah, he's fucking wanker, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Any more? Gives it. Didier Deschamps was captain. Was he? He was captain. He was only little. Spiteful yeah. little man. <laughs> little man syndrome. He had. I didn't think Rose was. Anything particularly anywhere near his best uh, on Sunday? Did you? No, uh, no. That's all right. Off, offered width. He did, and I, I think that the space he kept finding, and he was—he he took a couple of players on as well. But um, 
His crossing was woeful. How many games has he been out? How many games has Davis started in Flutterman? Two, three? Yeah, it takes a little bit of time sometimes some people to come back in, as Chadley has evidently shown as well. Onuma started positive performance. I I thought he was good. I was was confident about him. I didn't worry that he was an 18-year-old, essentially, prospect. First First start for Spurs, I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so in the one of... yeah, well, no, he started against Monaco in the, in the Europa League. Oh, right. Okay. Well, first FA Cup start. Then, right. then, yeah. okay. um, but he did, a, he did a good job. He looked quite he neat. He done really and... well. I mean, when he... T described him as Bambi on ice. Yeah, <laughs> which, which really upset Wendy. Yeah, well, he's a young player. Isn't he? <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it, t- it tamed his erection, Wendy, I, I would, I'd like <laughs> <Yeah>. to think. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, no, he much was... more comfortable than than, than T gave him credit for. Yeah, I think so. I thought he was um, he was positive with nice some nice touches. It's again, we I think you can fall into the trap sometimes of seeing someone who is obviously quick has got a nice little touch that they're suddenly going to be beating five six players and and go to the byline and crossing it. Which I don't think that is what he is. Is he? I think he's uh, more of a number ten. Um, and we'll we'll see more about him. I'm sure he'll evolve as a player as, as these first team appearances go on. He w- might be. Wendy considers him, considers him a number eight. A number eight. Yeah. I thought he's more of a number eight. Personally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do eights do? What's their role? Slightly, I think it's slightly box to box in it. Like slightly yeah. deeper, sits along dire. <laughs> what are you answering yeah, for? <laughs> well, I'm well, I'm waiting to see what Rick said because he's yeah, mugging yeah. you off. I'm not. No, no, yeah, no, you are. You're I'm just not. I wanted to see what up. you said. That's no, very no, nasty no. of you. You've been here a year. <laughs> a year. Ricky's been here since the beginning. I know. You don't year, mug him off. A year, and it shows. It's <laughs> <laughs> talking about what more and stuff. Well, exactly, yeah. isn't it, Bards? Um, yeah, so uh, I think he was, re- he was really positive, especially when... Um, the first 15 minutes, he was uh, he was trying to take people on. He was being a bit more direct, and as well, he because he was being a bit daring, and sometimes he did lose the ball. But um, he was flying straight into tackles and winning the ball back. It was just like, you know, it's one of Potch's kind of uh, his philosophy. When you know, if you lose a ball, put pressure on, get the ball back. Um, and like you were saying earlier, Flav, that when you do get young players in and you can mold them, mold them, mm. um, people don't have don't have that. If, you, if you're old and you're setting your ways and stuff like that, then it's very hard for people to, to take on different things. And with a young kid like that, he, he's taken to it well. So I thought he'd done all right. Why, after not making top four year after year, do we still play a second string team in the cups? That's from Udo ninety on Twitter. Because. <clears throat> Because we have lots of games coming up, and it's against a team where I think it was pretty evident that Leicester were going to do a similar type of thing. Or you'd like to think that our rotated squad would be better than a Leicester rotated squad. Mm. So you use a little bit of logic and common sense and try and find a happy medium. Mm. Also, you've got to give players game time. You have to test them out. You can't. We can't make a decision at the end of the season whether or not Wimmer's any good if he hasn't played. And Chadley needs game time. Son, we needed to have a look at Son through the middle to see if he worked. And you can't just keep guessing at these players are going to do a job. They have to. They have to play for Spurs. And we've got an opportunity to actually finish in the top four seriously. I mean, we're in the top four. We have been for the last three weeks or so. This is probably the best opportunity in many years that we've had, uh, you know, to qualify for that Champions League. And if it means resting for a FA Cup third round. Then, then so be it. And we have bought a squad for that reason and people will complain in February, March if these players are burning out because they haven't had any rest. Yep. But what it does show is when you take the spine of the team out, Lloris, Vertonghen, Dembele and Kane, 
that we aren't as good as maybe we think we are. Those those three or four guys do a lot of work for us. Absolutely. And um, I think we have to think wisely about how we replace them. What's your opinion of Son in the middle? <laughs> Bad. Yeah, I mean it didn't it didn't really work. But I, I would have before the game I would have thought if you're going to play Son through the middle against a team that is going to sit a lot of men behind the ball, that that's the time to do it because that that structure of a formation isn't necessarily quite as important. It needs to be quite fluid and lots of movement to try and find those little holes and gaps for, for space to arrive in. But no, it didn't it didn't seem to work. Although they had a couple of nice touches and a little like seconds away from getting that little bit of space. Um like you were saying just then, for 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 a team that like this that sit back, you, you want people to be a bit more um have a bit more I can't say the word ingenuity. Ingenuity. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And it's the one touches, and it's the the running down the channels and things that you don't really kind of expect. And Son has those touches where he can put it to Ericsson, and Ericsson will quickly feed it in behind. And he's that. He's intelligent. He's very light footed. Um, but he wasn't great yesterday, were he? He, he? he wasn't great. And I, I also want to go back to what we what we were saying about what Barley was just saying about. Um, I'm being very complimentary about people today, like saying you're good, Barley's good. <laughs> I'm saying anything about you, Al. Thanks. <laughs> no, I don't. But the spine of the team, I, I, it always kills me when we played. I think it was Arsenal, maybe in the League Cup under Redknapp, and we both knew we were going to feel weakened teams, and he completely changed the starting eleven, and we played. Loads of people coming out of injury, lack of form, completely changed it, and we lost. And then um, I think if you if you divert from that central spine, um, the solid spine, and you mix it up too much, then it does become difficult. And although these players, on paper, and you know we've got a better training facility, better calibre of player, blah blah blah, when you all come together as a group of players and you haven't been playing together for ages, it, it is very hard to get that fluidity. And, um, but you say that, Rick, we, over 90 minutes, we were a better team. I, I think yeah, it, no, all yeah. that happened as the result didn't go away. I think we were, but I don't think we were a million miles uh, better than them well, at all. Yeah, of course, but there were 11 professional footballers on one side and 11 professional footballers on, on, on the other. It's not... Yeah. Was you expecting to blow them away? I wasn't expecting to blow him away, but I was expecting if we did have a stronger central spine, um, uh, and then um, you know, but by then when you one nil, two nil up, and mm. second half, leave it to the second half, and then bring, treble substitution, bring on the youngsters, do whatever. Mm. But you know, last year what happened to us in the FA Cup got fucking done early rounds. Bullshit. Round against Leicester. Leicester, exactly. Yeah. You don't want that to happen again. Yeah. You just just get past this round. There is going to come out. A, come a point where you have to take the cup seriously. Oh, well, I was going to talk about Sun, but go on. Ricky, oh, well, I was just going to say I thought it was a bad game for him to start through the middle because they defended so deep, and Sun is good running onto stuff. I know he's also quite tricky, but it was so there was so little space there. That I thought it was kind of wasted, and I thought maybe Kane. I would have probably brought Kane on at half time, just because. And then fuck it, then sub him again if he scores a couple of goals. <laughs> because you know what? it wasn't working with Sun. So who was your man in the match? Tom Carroll. I'm going to say Tom Carroll. Wazileski. <laughs> um, I'm probably going to go with Ericsson. Ericsson's a shout as well, yeah, but I'm going to give it to well. Tom Carroll just because... Did it have to be a Spurs Just because he's little and he's got a weird voice. Okay. It doesn't have to be a Spurs <laughs> player. <laughs> yeah. Who was the best Spurs player for you? 
Say it. Fucking hell, I don't know. I didn't think anyone was great, Carol. Fuck it, I just go with you guys. That's good. Sorry. That ruined that feature. Yeah. Sorry. No, you didn't. You didn't. Uh, You said sorry about three times so far. I'm trying to get rid of shit. Don't say sorry. 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 Previously, you've replaced shit for sorry for shit every single time you're like, Did you break this? (laughs) Did you break this glass? Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Um, Okay, so Townsend's big problem with Townsend at the moment. Um, obviously, he had this issue with. Why'd you shudder then? What? You just shuddered. Yeah. It's cold in here, man. All oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Why do you always know it's every little thing I do? I, I see, see everything, everybody's... motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah uh, basically, James James Beatty tweeted. The, the James Beatty. Yeah, the James Beatty tweeted me the uh, Telegraph article. Um, Our Tottenham right to demand 14 million for Andres Townsend. It's clear that he's no longer in contention. He wants to go. He wants to play. Do we owe it to him to take a hit? Fuck no. No. All right, all right. Let's just break it down a little bit because... Break it down. Break it down. <laughs> what happened? So I don't know. <laughs> um, fuck. What was it? Oh, yeah. So, so uh, <laughs> Levy wanted 40, wants 14 million, right, according yeah. to the paper. Wants 14 million pounds for him. Uh, Townsend, obviously, desperate to get in the England squad. Has done all he can to get back into that team, i.e. training hard based on reports inside the club that have been in the press. Um, playing under twenty one football, you know, not it's not he, he doesn't think it's above uh, beneath him in order to play twenty one under twenty one football to remain fit if he gets a chance to come back into that Spurs team again. Levy, being the hard nosed businessman that he is, is saying it doesn't matter. We know your value. You played ten caps for England. We are not going to budge on what we think you're worth. And because you've had a fallout with a club, that doesn't necessarily reduce the value if you're playing devil's advocate. I would say, based on what's happened and just the nature of football, his valuation has decreased. I don't think so. I don't th- I'm sorry, Barry, you had your own. You oh, well, I, I just think, like, first of all, credit to Townsend for not doing like a Berahino and, and just fucking sulking. Absolutely, yeah. But just because he's got the right attitude doesn't mean we should do him a favour. It's still a business and he's still got to get the money for a player. He's still an England international, even though he wasn't in the last couple of squads. I don't see why someone else should benefit because he's not in favour at our club. Mm-hmm. If some, I, I think probably the best thing is to is to loan him, and then see what happens from there. Get him some game time. According to the Telegraph article, yeah, and I'm sure some of this is conjecture, but Levy isn't willing to loan him. That doesn't make sense to me. But yeah, that is, that is a bit strange. I think I think it goes down to two things really. They have to look at. The value within the market is this. One, it's January, so teams who are going to be coming in for Townsend, I think, in January now and are going to be pushing hard for, for Townsend will be the team that really need him. Mm. You know, So they're not going to miss an opportunity like that. Also, they look at that valuation of, OK, Townsend's fallen out of favour in the last season or three, last half a season or whatever it might be, but the the effort and the and the work that's gone in from the club into making Townsend... What what he is now, the fact that he's an England England international, and is still obviously a big favourite of Roy Hodgson, and, and you would assume once he's playing regular football again, would be would be back in the squad, whether that's before Euros or after. Um, I, I think means his valuation is is about spot on. I think fourteen million is is a fair price if you think Bournemouth just now paid seven million for was it Lewis Graben, yeah. who's who's this former Aston yeah. Villa? He was at Bournemouth before, wasn't he? I have no Robin. idea. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. He's, so he's where did they buy him from? Do you know? Norwich. Norwich. But if he's Go seven on. million, he's never done anything in his life. <laughs> Townsend, 14 million. 14 million. Dele Alli costs five million. 
14 million for an England international. It's not. A, it's not a lot of money, you know. I think it's a little bit overpriced. No way. <clears throat> it's less than a Paulinho. <laughs> no, I mean, what these, what everyone's just said to reiterate, it's like he's a young uh, English talent. Um, he's attacking. He's exciting. He just doesn't fit into what what Potch wants. Um, and I think he could definitely command 14 mil. And, and like I was saying, uh, do we owe it to him to take a hit on the transfer fee? I think it's ridiculous. Well, what I'm saying is he's been frozen out. He's got no chance of making the European squad if it, 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 this carries on. But what's is that got to do with Spurs? No, of yeah. course, no, it, nothing at all. If anything, it, it might affect his value even more. It might drop it a few million by the time the summer comes around. Yeah, I, I think Levy's probably been a bit bloody-minded. And if someone came in with a bid of 10, 11 million, we, would sh- we should consider it. And, and that might very well be what happens. Yeah. You know, if, if we're getting towards the end of the transfer window, and it's very, let's, let's face it, it's very possible that, you know, we've got something on the boil that could go down to the last couple of days ourselves, and that extra couple of million quid that would come in immediately, and the majority of it's done on instalments, isn't it? But that couple of million quid that would come in immediately may help a deal that we're actually after go through, then, then yeah, 10, 11, 12 might happen. We just don't know, do we? No, we don't. All right, that's it from the first half of the Fighting Cop podcast. Now we've got Windy. Yeah. Windy, about to drop the fucking knowledge, blood. I see you, I've got your back. Windy here, back with the weekly youth update, looking at our young players and players out on loan. Starting off with the loan players, I'm not going to run through all of the action this week, but I will just say that Connor Ogilvy is still wanted by Stevenage for the rest of the season. Teddy Sheringham said last week, Connor Ogilvy is an outstanding prospect, we are still working with Spurs on that, I think he's been an outstanding player for us. He's a young lad and you never know what you're going to get with young lads, he's got a very consistent nature to his game which is unusual for young players. I guess this one will depend on whether Spurs want to try to get him a club in League 1 or whether they're content for him to stay with Sheringham and Stevenage in League 2. Moving on to the youth teams, it's been a bit of a disappointing week this week and I've had a lot of questions on Twitter about why we're struggling. So firstly, um, last Monday evening the under-21s lost 3-1 to Manchester United. It was a very disappointing performance for long periods of the game I don't understand some of the selection policies at the moment. We're playing Anton Walks as a number 10. Um, with all due respect to Walks, who is a very hard-working player who does the ugly side of the game really well and can run for 90 minutes, he doesn't have the kind of technical ability, agility or creativity to play that 10 role effectively, especially not behind Coolthurst, who's not a tall, creative player and really is just a a bit of a touch-and-shoot merchant who I don't think is going to make it any great level himself. We're sort of um, hamstrung slightly by the lack of full-backs at the moment, certainly left-back, where Ogilvy's obviously on loan to Stevenage, so Luke Amos, who I really like as a defensive midfielder, has been filling in at left-back, and I don't think that's a particularly good move for his long-term uh, future either. On the right, obviously, we've had Kyle Walker-Peters, who is a really talented lad, one of my favourite young players at Spurs. But he has joined Eredivisie side Rhoda on trial with a view to a loan move for the rest of the season. He's there for a week, by all accounts. And there's actually a really good video interview of him um, 
before and after his first training session for Rhoda. That's available via their Twitter feed, so have a look at that. Obviously, with Walker Peters being unavailable, we've had to make changes to the team. We don't really have a right-back who's ready to make the step up, so tonight, for the game against Chelsea, that's Monday night, they've gone with Luke Amos covering at right-back and Anthony Georgiou, who's really a winger, playing at left-back. And the under-18s um, lost 4-2 to Chelsea on Saturday. That was played behind closed doors, unfortunately, as I was hoping to go. They were 4-0 down before getting two back. Ryan Loft came off the bench and scored one of them. And there was also an own goal with uh, Keenan Bennett putting pressure on at the back post. Another disappointing result, which leaves the under-18s 8 out of 12. There are problems in that team, and I think one of the main ones is the lack of quality in central midfield. There are a few central midfielders available. Um, I don't really rate any of them. I think Marsh is the, probably the best, and I would like to see Marsh start for the rest of the season. I've been surprised that Jack Rolls hasn't played more. I've not seen him much in the under-18s, but he was prolific for the under-16s, so I'm not sure what's gone wrong in that transition. Um, throughout the team, there are some fairly poor players and, and quality gaps, but there are some some talented players, especially in the final third, where we have... Uh, Kaziah Sterling as a striker who I like. We have Marcus Edwards, obviously, who uh, can either play from the right, cutting in, or centrally. And we have Sam Shashua, who's generally played on the left, and he looks a talented lad too. Keenan Bennett has also done OK. Um, I think there's more to come from him, and he's certainly physically ready for that level. And he did well on his under-21 debut, so perhaps he's one to keep an eye on also. Before I sign off, I just wanted to mention that for anyone not on Twitter, if you have any questions for me, you can contact me at windy at windycoys.com or editor at thefightingcock.co.uk. But as always, if you're interested in more young players, follow me on Twitter at windycoys. That's coys for come on you spurs. It's full of bravado, that's what it is. What is? My mm. farts. Okay. <laughs> Second half of the fighting cup podcast. <laughs> fucking stinks. <laughs> um, thanks so much, Wendy. <laughs> well done, Wendy. <laughs> yeah, we've got another Wendy. Yes! We've got another Wendy here. <laughs> just scream over his point. <laughs> I was laughing his gag. got another Wendy. Yes! <laughs> I was just excited about the gag. <laughs> what about the listeners? <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, we've got Lester again. Actually, Ratty, big fan of the pod. Um, he asked us, he was talking about a celebration when Kane scored against Arsenal. And what was the worst injury you've ever sustained celebrating? Because Wendy got punched in the lip, <laughs> lip open. He punched himself. Self in the lip, yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, just someone's sick of him, yeah. That's a better, uh, better analogy. Uh, I better jumped, um, when Dempsey equalised against United in the snow, uh, I jumped off my sofa and landed on a biscuit tin, you know, one of those Christmas biscuit tins, mm. and uh, like bent it or hurt my foot a little bit. When when um, Paulinho scored the back hill against Cardiff, I jumped up and landed on my ankle, so it was on its side, so it landed on mm. the side of my foot and sprained my ankle, and it was fucked for about six months. <laughs> but in the jubilation, obviously, quickly switched to the other foot and just hopped the fuck out of that celebration. Nice. Rick? Uh, biting my tongue and bleeding um, <laughs> when Peter Crouch scored against AC Milan and uh, I was trying to talk to someone and just blood was just coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I was ex- exciting, jubilant and they're like, just get out of my face, mate. <laughs> Were you there? No, well, no, right. no, I was at home. <laughs> I, had, I had a moment at Leicester where it would have been really dangerous so I got sent flying and I probably would have broken my back if T hadn't have broken my fall. So... 
Oh, I'm, lesser away. I'm, yeah, only yeah. Here, so I'm only here today because of two. You took, <laughs> you took the full brunt of my physique. I think I might have mentioned this on a pod before, but Seville uh, away, Rick, do you remember when Keane scored in the first two minutes? <laughs> day, yeah. Got pushed in the back and fuck, it must have fallen eight or nine rows. Literally that many, weren't it, Rick? <laughs> yeah. and I, I looked up, I came to and my feet were pointing up the stadium, uh, up the stand. And all I just saw was Ricky bounding down the, <laughs> down the chairs. They weren't flip chairs, they were just kind of cemented in. Yeah, right, yeah. Bounding down, and I was like, oh my God, there's my hero. <laughs> <laughs> the hand of God came out, pulled him out of that wreckage. <laughs> Didn't help anyone else up, just me. Yeah, I know, that's <laughs> all I cared about. <laughs> um, yeah, we're playing Leicester, Vardy and Mares and all the rest of their players, all bright and likely to start. Vardy's um, 50-50, I think. Is he? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that'd be good, if he's not, even if he's not 100%. That, but I'd hate it if he scored against us. Like, it's just something intensely dislikable about him. This reminded me of like, do you remember when we played the racism or just yeah, yeah, chat shit, get banged, that kind of attitude. Yeah, makes you sound like an absolute cunt. Yeah. Yep, go on. Oh, sorry, I was, but when we played Wimbledon, do you remember we had them in the league? Fourth then we time had them apologising, Miss Pod. <laughs> then we had them in the Yet league. you would never apologise about league. <laughs> yeah. We had them in the league, and then we had them in the League Cup semi back to back, and then we had them in the FA Cup or something. Do you yeah. remember that? We had them in four times in a row. Everson scored about three or four times. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was, yeah. At, I, was at, I was at the game. And that was weird. It just made me think of that. It's very strange. The fixture calendar just does this to us. Spurs are unbeaten in the last five Premier League meetings with Leicester. I'm never kind of. Don't give it means shit nothing, about, does it? Yeah. yeah. It means nothing. Um, I remember a time when we had absolutely no form against Leicester when Emil Heskey played up front for him and they would just dick us over and over again. <laughs> like, it, was the, it was the same. Loads of Emil Heskey dick all up our asses. It was the same fucking move as well. Dick, dick, <laughs> dick, <laughs> big Emil Heskey dick all up us. Emil Heskey. It was unpleasant. And he's back to Ramon Vega. The ball would come in, he'd roll Ramon Vega and he'd slam it home. It's like, Ramon, come on. Come on, Ramon. Like every every striker did that to him in the league. Every single time. You know what's going to happen. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we did have in the 90s and early 2000s just have like a, it was deja vu every week either it was like Kevin Davis bolts sliding in at the back <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. always you know that goal he's yeah. just and Stephen Hunt having a world class display again yeah, yeah. <laughs> every fucking game I hated that rap um, he, he's not right he's probably a lovely person but yeah, um, nah. any, any player that does well against us I hate yeah mm. instinctively yeah. Le- Leicester scored in 18 successive matches before their current barren spell three games without a goal it's bound to turn around against Spurs no, well, I mean you'd like to think so I think right now we have got the best goals against record in the in the Premier League right now if I think I'm right in saying yep, yep. Um, so there is no reason really as, as to why you know why we should be that pattern should change so it's um, I actually think Vertonghen and Adavar are, are, are the perfect type of defenders for Vardy because he's so a lot of his success comes from running in that that channel getting in between the centre half and the fullback, um, and that's one of the things that, that Toby and, and Vertonghen do really well in terms of their covering so I, I think I think we should be alright. It's Mares that worries me more than Vardy. Mm. But Vardy's not going not to play anyway, but Mares frightens the living fuck out of me. He signed for £350,000 two years ago. And mm. it's just amazing what's become of him. Just good scouting, because his stats I don't, his stats weren't, aren't even that good. What, on, fate, on Champions Manager? How? No, I mean, I, mean, I, mean his, <laughs> I mean his stats, his goals to games ratio. Yeah. How old is he? He's 24. 
It's, it's interesting that sometimes you get these players that come in come into the Premier League uh, after coming from nowhere, you know, to meet you of this world or whatever, and have a blinding season, season and a half. But yeah, and then that quality yeah. always tends to actually tail off. It's very few that you get. I mean, the Peter Schmeichels of this world that are bought for pittance and then go on and and spend a decade at the top of the game are very, very rare. It's, it's about it's a combination of having the right club, the right setup, and the <laughs> right manager at the right time. And yeah. you think what Pochettino did with Southampton's team. Not one of them players that were kind of worldies at the time. They've gone on to do really anything at all. Alana's been average at Liverpool. Schneidlin isn't doing next to nothing at, at United. Morris um, is, is ten times the player Lallana is. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Morris. He's brilliant. He goes either foot, man. It's very rare you get a player that is who's not just two-footed, but that quick and able to dribble off either foot. He's, I think he's brilliant. And... Um, I'd love him. I'd love him at Spurs. I think he's even got the right attitude to press, and he could play in one of those roles up front for us. But we're not we won't sign him. I think, I think no. one one of the ways we might benefit is that Leicester have the lowest passing accuracy of, uh, so far in the Premier League, sixty eight, sixty nine point eight percent, which is really low. I mean, Spurs average in the high eighties or mid eighties, <clears> um, and given the, the, the game our first team play and the pressing, and and that they are clearly a bit sloppy with the ball. Perhaps we may see us dominate that midfield and perhaps create chances when Mares and Ifardi plays break away. That that low percentage is down just to the way they play. They don't keep the ball at no. the back. They don't use like they, they go don't, long. They go long immediately, which is um, low risk. There's like high high percentage won't work. They work on if they keep hitting that ball over the top. Eventually, Mares or eventually Vardy will get onto it. So it's low. It's low percentage football. Would you play then? With that, with that type of game that they're going to play, and if if Vardy is back, for example, would you play Davis rather than Rose against Le- against uh, Leicester? I, I, I don't know. I, who's quicker? Rose is quicker, isn't he? I don't, um, probably, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I think I'd still yeah. probably go for Davis. So Mario's plays on the right, right? He swaps a lot, there, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, does he? They tend to play like one up front, and Mario's kind of drifts. Yeah. 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 I don't think it matters who the fullbacks are. I think the centre backs have just got to be really clever, and Loris has got to be like proper sweeper keeper style. He's got to be ready to come tearing out of his. I had a question, player. right, about the centre half, just quickly. You know, it always seems to be the Tongan that seems to get the rests. Alderweireld seems to play every game. I don't think there's many, is there, where it's the Tongan played on his own with, with a Wimmer or a I think Fazio it's because Wimmer's left footed. So I is that think, what you think? Yeah. I think they won't play two left-footed centre backs because you know it's a bit. They'll end up lopsided. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Running around in circles. Yeah, running around in circles. <laughs> um, and the Tottenham consistently have been the youngest squad in the league. Um, <laughs> a lot of people kind of you know when, when when performances haven't gone our way or perhaps we haven't played as good as we could or we've let lead slip. Pochettino comes out and uses that as an excuse, saying it would. Been very, we are a very young team, and that's <coughs> granted, but also mm. a decision that he's made. And mm. uh, by and large, a positive and very exciting thing to, to, be a, to be a part of. But do you think there'll be any point, and maybe this game might be a turning point where we're up against a very good attacking team? Even the games that they've drawn nil nil in, they've been unlucky. Certainly, the last game when Vardy hit the post and Mara's missed the penalty. Yeah, do you know, is, is that an issue, or do you think it's just going to? It's just, uh, it's just something that, that I think, comes up. I think we don't know, is the honest answer. Is, is it's, it, it can change from week to week, I think. And that's what happens when you have a young, a young team. Um, those kind of swings in, not attitude, but mood almost, you know, in terms of if something hasn't gone your way in the first ten minutes, are we going to get, you know, 
are they going to get stuck in or whatever. It's I think it can change week to week. But we've got we've had sixty two uh, eight players that have made sixty two Premier League appearances from from the academy since the beginning of two thousand fifteen, which is. So that again, mental. So since the beginning of 2015, eight players from the academy have made 62 Premier League appearances in total. Yeah, in total from then unt- until now. Right? That, you, you compare that to to Chelsea. It's probably more more than um, any other. Yeah, I mean, you team. compare that to Chelsea, uh, for example, who have something like uh, so it's 19 appearances across two players, and one of those is John Terry. Yeah, so <clears throat> it's. That type of thing is is, is always going to make a difference. Whether it's something that will just be switched on and off per game, I, I think it could be. I think it'd be one of those things where it's over long term, uh, it will get better and better. But there, there'll be times this season where there'll be games where they just don't not turn up. It's a bit of a harsh phrase, but it just doesn't work or something just doesn't felt right. So going into this game, four points behind Leicester, uh, you, I would think that Leicester at home is winnable. Mm-hmm. You know. The start of the season, I would say, guaranteed. But, obviously, given the way Leicester have been played, still second in the league, despite drawing the last three games, I think. Maybe losing one. Or yeah. Um, and then we've got Sunderland at the weekend, which you'd hope Sunderland at home. I mean, we've done this so many times. Yeah. <laughs> so it's I'm fun, let's do it again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do it again. Smash Sunderland. Yeah, smash Sunderland and smash Leicester as well. Both of them. Both of them, but uh, like we're we're the team playing at home, we're, we're on in form, and I just think that again, again, just that that home advantage and the way we're playing, I think we should beat. But well, we will beat both of them. That's yep. what I'm saying. We'll beat both of them. I'm not saying it'll be five nil. Not saying it can be one nil, but we'll beat both of them. The Leicester game is huge. It, it's a really really big game to, to state as to how we're going to go into this second half of the season. Uh, for me, I think even if we were to, if we beat Leicester and even if we got a point against Sunderland, which I don't think will happen, I think I happen to think that we'll win both as well. But even if we did take four points from those, that would still be, still be all right in my eyes. I just think we'd need to be beating Leicester. That's the core one for me. Sunderland are terrible. They've got, they don't have one. Bardi, you've got to stop making it. Every <laughs> yeah. time you say these things, it, the opposite what I'm saying right now has no effect on. Fucking Tottenham. How do you it know seems that? to, though, doesn't it? It does seem know? to. I don't because it's not. This isn't like the butterfly effect. I don't say. How this do shit. you know it doesn't, doesn't exist? We don't understand idea. enough about the universe for you not to say that. Just in case, stop saying it. Okay, Sunderland have one player that I like. Who's that? What more? M Villa. What more? M Villa. I really like him. He seems to have sorted out his attitude problems. He works hard, and we got problems with Jermaine Defoe. I think you don't like him. I mean, as as in like, I mean players that I'd like to see at Spurs. Okay. I quite like the look of M Villa. We were linked with him before he went. Yeah, before, we were, yeah. Yeah. before he went all bad. He's got a bad, bad boy image, isn't he? Yeah, proper bad boy. Um, Yedlin's obviously ineligible. Oh yeah. no! no. <laughs> so, oh, has, has, has he actually been playing for something? Yeah, yeah not been, not so much since Allardyce has come in. I think has he been running really fast down the right? He did one bit of skill against Arsenal where. In typical match of the day fashion, you didn't see him the rest of the game, but he did one bit of skill, and in my head I was like, "Oh, hello!" But yeah. no, he's terrible. <laughs> well, he's terrible as well. He's, he's terrible. So he's got no chance of signing, uh, starting. He'll, ahead of he'll, he'll never play more than five games for Spurs. It's not going to happen. Only was signed for the shirts. I think he was a, he was cheap. It was on. A prospect. Uh, he had a good. He had a decent twenty minutes in the World Cup. I, it was a gamble, which was worth the effort. You know. 
probably made more in shirt sales than exactly. yeah, it was for yeah. shirts. It was a punt, yeah. you know, and it's not going to work out, but it didn't cost us a lot of money. We'll, we'll still make three, four million pounds selling them. Okay, fair enough. Um, anything to add about Sunderland? No, there's not really much you can add about Sunderland. It's so it, difficult because it? it's, it's hard to preview two games in a bounce because you've got uh, could, so much changes after one game. Yeah. So let's not dwell too much on something. Allardyce has got a decent record at White Hart Lane recently, hasn't he? Allardyce, to be fair, has a decent record pretty much anywhere he's gone. Yeah. You know, he's not. He, he does set up his teams pretty well. You know, he's always been in that unenviable position of taking on unfashionable clubs. And, you know, I don't think he's really had a big job. I mean, West Ham probably. Newcastle was his probably biggest. Yeah. He will come and sit players behind the ball, won't he, at White Hart Lane? Yeah. So we're going to have to, you know, as much as we didn't have. You know the best eleven out um, last night. We're going to have to find a way of of how we're going to break these teams down. Mm. You know, it's uh, it's happened year after year, but it's something that we have to deal with. And if we want to be in a position where we're top four and dare I say it, say it, going for even higher positions, then then we have to be beating these teams at home. Allardyce, he he played as you would plays to his strengths. He, he he knows exactly what what he wants his teams to do. He knows how to grind that results. And he'll play. He'll do everything he he possibly can to to get that point. Um, and I think Sunderland will, will obviously come come to us and come for the point. And then it's down to us to break them down. And they'll be very strict with the you know two <coughs> banks of four probably. Um, but it's. It's whether we can, you know, whether we have the. I'm going to say it again, ingenuity yeah. uh, to to break them down. Um, but it, you know, typically we have been able to do that. This yeah, time. yeah, we have. So yeah. uh, that I'm not going to, uh, you know, I think I think we'll turn his, his, his head to shoulder width ratio disgusts me. <laughs> well, Allardyce. Yeah. His fucking head is massive. Dinosaur head, isn't it? it fucking, <laughs> fucking fossil head. Yeah. It dominates the TV screen. It does. And, but not he's it's sometimes when he sits forward with his arms crossed as he does in interviews and his shoulders are so narrow and then there's just this ginormous fossil on front on, on the top of his shoulders. You can imagine like in a hundred years time when they're digging up and they end up digging up his grave, there's just gonna be this giant skull there. No, they're gonna think that uh, they won't they won't know what it is. It's this new thing of Homo erectus. <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? In hundred years. This geezer lived around this the same time as these people. He must have been royalty or a king or a Goliath or something like that. <laughs> uh, and there must have been like beans like a magic beanstalk around him and shit like that. Years, fucking weird. Like, you know that chart of like man going up, then it ends up Homo erectus. There'll just be a picture of Sam Allardyce, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and then the next human next to it in front of him. There'll be Sam Allardyce and Peter Crouch <laughs> <laughs> and Valuev. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> line in a line. Yeah. And, and the scientists will be going, "What the <laughs> fuck happened on planet Earth? A <laughs> 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 hundred years ago to breed such monstrosity." <laughs> You see some scientists, well, they're, they're clearly all related. <laughs> they are, because you can't, like, you know, you look at the rest of the humans and then you look at these three fucking freaks. <laughs> one, one, one of the scientists, if he's looking around and shaking his head and it's all quiet and he's gone, freaky, isn't it? <laughs> I just got in my head, like, you know that Lionel Richie um, song, like, Hello, where they remake the face? You can imagine there's, like, a scientist actually putting plasticine on some other dice's skull to reform it. You'd need a hammer and chisel. 
All right, predictions for Sunderland and Leicester. I think I think six points. <clears throat> six points. No scores. <laughs> uh, Rick said earlier. I'm not saying whether it's going to be one or five, but there'll be there'll be goals. Fair enough. Actually, there's a good start here. <laughs> not saying anything, but there'll be goals. <laughs> I tell you what, what, what. My guess is someone is bloody well going to kick a ball. <laughs> they're going to kick that ball and they're going to kick it hard at the goal. <laughs> at the yeah. goal. Uh, last nine meetings between uh, Leicester and Spurs have produced 38 goals, 4.2 on average, 4.2 a game, which is pretty high. How poor both defences were. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I think it was when the foe just signed. Or we four might, four. There was a couple of four fouries. Mm. Um, yeah, unless Ferdinand scored for Leicester. Yeah. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. That was the four four. The, yeah. the, uh, the days of Leicester of. Uh, Muzzy, is it? Yeah. Steve Guppy. Oh, yeah. Neil Lennon. Neil yeah. Lennon. Neil Lennon. Savage. Savage. Fucking. Jerry, Jerry Taggart. Jerry, Taggart. Jerry Taggart. Yeah. Steve yeah. Elliott. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Elliott. Matt Elliott. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Elliott. Oh, Baldy at the back. Was there one called Frogger as well? Was there? Yeah. Frogger? Yeah, Stephen Frogger. St- yeah, Steve Frogger. Frogger. Yeah. Oh, fucking. What's his name? Oh, that. Uh, Tim Plough's cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Cotty? Tony he was at Leicester yeah. back at oh, the uh, back end of his career. Mancini played for Leicester as well. Oh, oh God. Did he? Oh, there he goes. Yeah. <laughs> there he goes, <laughs> fucking throwing the Italians in again. Mm. He was rubbish then. Any more Leicester players that we can just list off? Old ones? AD I can buy. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Frank Sinclair. Frank, Frank Sinclair. <laughs> 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 Ian Walker. Yeah. Ian Walker, eh? I was at that <laughs> game at Tottenham Filbert Street. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I love this. The last seven players people have just listed, have just gone Stephen Fry. <laughs> just repeated what they've said. That last game, Leicester's last game, at, it was Filbert Street, wasn't it? It's what it used to be called. Yeah. Uh, and um, I was at that game and uh, met uh, Ian Walker after the game. How was he? Yeah. He, he, was just, he left, he uh, called my mum on my mobile and spoke to my mum on my phone. I bet he loved that. She did. She was a bit weirded out, but... <laughs> Call me your mum. Yeah. <laughs> what accent was that? That's nice, isn't it? Uh, okay. Any? What, Irish? Yeah. Oh, just fucking bumpkin, isn't it? Mm. All right, so, anyway, predictions quickly. 2-1, um, 3-0. All right, I'll go with that as well. Uh, just goals. 2-1, two, 2-0. One, two, <laughs> okay, uh, questions... Ian Desmond from Facebook, he says, if you could choose any player in our history to score the last ever goal at White Hart Lane, who would it be and why? Levy King. No. What? Jimmy Greaves. Okay. Are we going any player or any player that we've seen? I feel like I can only go for someone that I've seen. Just answer the question, you dick. If it's anyone I've seen, then it'd be Teddy. We've fucked us off. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We've had this discussion about my feelings about Teddy before, but anyone I've seen Teddy, if not, then Hoddle. Uh, I would go for Paul Robinson. All right. <laughs> Why? I love him. Yeah. I just love him. Just love him. <laughs> often dream about him. Would you have him scored away he scored against Watford, or would you have him like coming up for a corner? Edda. Like, oh yeah. Power yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. mate, coming up for a fucking Edda. <laughs> Imagine that. That'd be fucking unreal. Like the one he scored for Leeds. Just yeah, a yeah. Fucking bullet header in it. Oh god, that'd be amazing. All right, Glenn Osco on Facebook. He says, "With Pep on the market and wanting to manage in England, would you swap him for Poch?" Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, he's just he's got good teams everywhere. Let him go to York and then have a couple of seasons and then come. To That's it. a good point. He's, he's because had, he's never managed York. He's had everything. No, he's had everything. He's going to go to Man City. 
again, just as much money as he could spunk all over these world-class players. And given he's quite popular and he's obviously a good manager at that level. But, mate, do it on a cold, windy night in Stoke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would go for Poch. I'd... Are we, are we? We're being loyal to Poch, aren't we? Because we love him so much. No, I, said, I, I just think I, I said Pep. I just oh, no, think... yeah, you did say Pep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Someone's, I just got think... to, someone's got to give a decision here based on common sense. This is Pep Guardiola. You don't. I don't. don't why? You, you yeah, do why not, though? Not why is that common sense? Because it's Pep Guardiola. He's why? One of the best managers around. He did. He created a style of football which everybody's trying to co- uh, copy now. Would you? So are you, you saying? With, sorry, were you saying at Barcelona that, that nothing even resembling that style of football existed when he when he took that first team? No, over? his tiki taka, his style of football was amazing, and he went the way he went. I know he had great players, but he went into Barcelona and he ripped the heart out of that team. He shredded. He got rid of Ronaldinho. He got rid of Deco. Then she got rid of Etu. Uh, he got rid of Rafael Marquez. Like core players, yeah. and he just got the youth players. And admittedly, the youth at, at Barcelona is amazing. But he invested all that faith in these youth players and created something like what Poch is doing at Spurs, but at Barcelona on a greater scale. And, and he's but with all the resources exactly, under the yeah. sun. So you just explained exactly what Poch is doing now. He's gone to Barcelona. Would you swap Pochettino he, for Mourinho? No, fuck no. Mourinho's that a doesn't prick. make any sense. I know he's a prick, but you're thinking about success. But Guardiola builds. He built a dynasty. I know he but, got, had a help. He had big helping hands. But like Poch has been helped out here by. By the fact that we've got a good academy, because let's not get things. Let's not. Let's not get it twisted. Let's not get it twisted. <laughs> uh, Pochettino's made some mistakes in his time. He bought some donkeys at Southampton. Mm. Maybe. And he's used, to credit him, he's used our academy. What's his problem with Pochettino? I don't have a problem with Pochettino. Sounds like it to me, Ricky. You asked me, yeah. Poch or Guardiola. Oh, does it sound Guardiola. like he's got a problem with Pochettino? It's just, uh, yeah. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Should we move on? Yeah. If he's Italian, what would he be saying then? Yeah. yeah. Disgusting, yeah. mate. You, you are a disgusting human being. For more <laughs> now say sorry. Say sorry. <laughs> Apologise for your point. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> um, no, I understand your reasoning. And you're being sensible, what, but what? I, don't, I don't want to be. I don't want. I don't want common sense to come into. I don't think it Someone is common sense. Common well, I don't think it is. Yeah. I'm yeah. saying it now. Who would you have, Lav? Yeah, I'd go Pep Valley. No, oh come on, man. It's Pep Guardiola, isn't it? I mean, I love Pochettino, but it's fucking Pep Guardiola. I mean, but you're, you're in a, we're in a position now where we've got something that we're seeing is working. We don't know that he can come into a club like Tottenham and do it. No, so why imagine, take the risk? Imagine if he signed. Like, imagine every, when he signed and you're like, oh. oh yeah. I mean, the Arsenal generation that would just die yeah. would be would be worth it alone. I, I guarantee. Oh just, no, no, Pochettino. I stay with Poch. Yeah. Okay, but let's just chill out for a second here. Now we've, <laughs> we've calmed down a bit. We've yeah. drawn a lot of games, which we should have won. I like what he's doing. I admire him, and I like. Lo- I, I, I love him as a manager. He's our favourite manager that we've had in my lifetime. But, you know, there's still faults. There's still major issues with the Spurs team. Guardiola is a proven manager who's won everything. And it's not like he's going out and spending billions of pounds at Bayern Munich and stuff. And I don't think he'll spend billions at Man City either. But he's just got... Just hundreds of millions. Yeah. He's just got... An, he's got... A, he's got The way he plays football, I admire it. Look, we can't... We're digging you out for picking, one, obviously, one of the best managers in the world at the moment. So it's getting a bit silly. But it's a fair. It's a fair <laughs> Alex still. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely. I'm not trying to just be argumentative. I, I genuinely think that until he comes in to either the Premier League or that he's at a club where there's a lot more work to do without the resource that he's given, that I don't. I, I don't get the whole. I, I think it shows a lack of ambition on his part for wanting to go to Man City. Mm-hmm. Well, he hasn't gone to Man City yet. Oh, doesn't that? Doesn't now? Chelsea, Man City. 
Whichever one. But do you, not, do you, agree, do you agree that it, it shows oh, yeah. a lack of ambition? Well, it, where do you want him to go? Where, Tottenham. Yeah. But you don't want him. You, you're turning him away. Hypothetically, if you turn him hypothetically, you go to a, t- a club where it, look, getting Spurs to that league title is, is a much... Or a Liverpool, you know, like a, that sort of club where... I don't want that. that. No. no, I know nobody wants that. Stoke! If Bojan yeah, yeah, yeah. could do it, so could Pep. <laughs> yeah. yeah? Can you imagine? That would be, that would be amazing. Like, yeah, go, that would be brilliant. Go and do it every weekend of a yeah. carnival. Yeah. Windy night in Stoke. <laughs> um... Okay, uh, Gotham Bagger, he says, uh, is this the first Tottenham squad in eight years that won't settle for an echo of glory but wants the real thing? I think I get what he's talking about, um, but just, I mean, I don't think it's ever settling for an echo of glory. Bill Nick was saying that you aim so high that even in failure there'll be an echo of glory. That means kind of going for every trophy and under the sun not just being shit and there being moments of glory in the season <laughs> um, but I get what you're saying um, yeah yeah there's an attitude in that squad there's a, a, a team ethic the way Pochettino talks the way the players talk about losing games and, and, and their reaction to things in the press you know Dyer's um, his response to his annoyance at some of the things that they were talking about Kane and, and falling off despite playing well and then beating Man City at home 4-1. You know, he talks about his frustration about the way they were being talked about in the press. There is a different kind of philosophy. I think the soft, the cliche, but the kind of stereotypical soft underbelly of Tottenham has very much been eradicated. It's one of the most important things Pochettino has done at Spurs. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think one of the things it's certainly more evident now in terms of uh, what comes out uh, from players and from the club through the media, but also what you can see on the pitch in terms of reactions. I mean, it was just a small thing, but against... I watched the Norwich game back the other day, um, and uh, when Deli Alley went to the corner with Russell Martin and kind of a bit of a tussle as it went out, uh, and Martin's grabbed him by the by the shirt, and Lamella's come over and you know pushed him off, and it just it's it just seems to be it's a lot more evident that that team spirit and and you know wanting to do well for the shirt. You know, I'm, I, I don't believe for a minute that even when we were shite, you know, in the David Houses and the Vegas of this world, that didn't want to go out there and win. But it's certainly a lot more evident. It's easier to see with mm. this crop of players. Yeah, I definitely reckon our attitude on the pitch has changed. I'm not sure whether I would take into account the social media stuff because. I think Spurs have got quite savvy with it at the moment. Like even on Sunday, they sent there was a message like that, and it showed a picture of Spurs, and it was like that feeling you get when Spurs are playing, which is, you know, it's very nice. But I think, I think there's a lot happening on people's on the, our players' Twitter feeds, which are kind of been put there by marketing people and comms departments and stuff. But what I do take like great heart from is the way we react on the pitch and the way they fight for each other. So maybe, yeah, but yeah. you know, it's very difficult. You can't just get glory because you want glory. You've got. Yeah. You gotta earn it, you know. Don't know what the question was about. <laughs> Read it about five times. <laughs> still don't know what it's about. Really, you've had two beers. He took his glasses yeah, off. No. <laughs> don't, I don't know what it's about, mate. You ain't had a beer since <laughs> since New Year's <laughs> Day, yeah, since New Year's Day. No. Yeah, what's yeah, happened? Pack, packet of crisps. <laughs> you've had a dinner. <laughs> had a couple of beers. Yeah, a couple of beers. Set so... my glasses off. I don't know what the question's about. <laughs> Read it again out loud. Go on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, one. Uh, <laughs> that one is this the first Tottenham squad in eight years that won't settle for an echo of glory but wants the real thing <laughs> nah, I don't know mate <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what you're trying to say there. <laughs> fair enough 
<laughs> All right, uh, Ross Savage on Twitter, yes. What with Flavs, that's me, meteoric rise of fame on Bull Street, who is the favourite to lead the pod when he leaves you sorry bunch behind? Well, I, I think we all know the answer to that. I can read that one. What yeah. a great question. And uh, that's easily digestible. Just put the glasses back on. Um, I didn't say I was going to answer the question. <laughs> I think we all know the answer to this, don't we? If we're honest about it. It's going to fall apart. No. Oh. Come on, we all know. It's Rick, right. isn't it? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Why not? I don't think any of you are up to it. I only started listening to this podcast because of Rick. That's, oh, thanks, mate. Thank you. That, that, that's, that's a fair point. It's true. It Ricky brings, in the crack. It brings the glory, the crack. You know, I've, I've, oh, people still ask yeah. about that. I, <laughs> I, went, I still get it as well. I went up to. Uh, My missus still even says to me about. <laughs> have we just. Like, well, when, when it comes around to Christmas. <laughs> no, when it comes around to Christmas and she's like, uh, you and the lads going out uh, for, for a Christmas drink? Like, like, I, I, like, I, I'm just watching someone and say, what, what did you say? And I know exactly what she said. <laughs> and she's like, are you going out for Christmas and that? And I was like, well, like, what, what do you mean? It's Christmas. Like, I'm, just, I'm obviously going to be... Are you going out with the fighting cock lads <laughs> for your Christmas do? Yeah. M- 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 might do. I don't know. I, I'm <laughs> not, really, not really up for it, you know. I just, <laughs> I just want to sit in with you and the girls and like, yeah. absorb the family atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. But she doesn't bring up the crack. No, no, she, she, knows, she, she does. She 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 knows it's in the, it's in the back of her mind. <laughs> it's in the back of her it's mind. It's always there. Yeah, it's always there. <laughs> so I was at my boss and our general manager at work, and uh, they they this came up on Saturday. Really? So, yeah. Can you tell my boss? Said, can you tell the new general manager of Ricky's crack story, please? <laughs> so I, I did with much enthusiasm. It's a brilliant story. It is a brilliant story. It's probably the greatest moment in TA. TFC history. The, 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 the thing that makes me kind of... Uh, doesn't, Can we no, actually the, just... There the, might be some people who yeah, haven't yeah. heard it. I think I'm we sure, should hear it. I'm sure the, what, the, the people that, <laughs> that, that do know it won't mind hearing it again. Rick, so give us a, a well, little... I, I, well, I just went out with the, with the fighting cock for a Christmas day. A couple of years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, and then I went missing... And, At uh, three o'clock in the morning, I said, let's go back to my place. You're clearly in no fit state. I have a safe place at home. There's no crack there. And you've walked off. Yeah, in yeah. In the middle of East London. Yeah, and, uh, and I was just walking the streets of East London and then uh, went, found some geezer and we just ran the back of some flats. <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered tinfoil. <laughs> Inhaling. And, and the sad thing about it is we all laugh that, that, you know, cracked up and that. Could have been heroin. Yeah, I was going to say, have we decided <laughs> really it was definitely, been definitely cracked? No. Uh, I, I literally, there's four hours of darkness <laughs> where uh, where uh, I don't know what happened, but uh, yeah, the, 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 there are kind of flickers of memory which uh, I, I do you know, won't go into. Do you know what? I remember exactly where I was when I heard it was the first time I'd ever listened to the Fighting Cock. Really? It was the first, and I turned it on. And I was walking through Waterloo State from Waterloo East Station into Waterloo Station. I was coming down. The escalators, and the, the minute that you said, Yeah, I had some crack, that I just was pissing myself out loud. I love that fucking story. Things happen, man. Things happen. You, you, you just get in the. The thing is, that must have been about jubilant. five in the morning. 
and you returned home about two o'clock the next afternoon. You yeah. missed Spurs, you missed... But yeah, your dad was ringing you and all sorts yeah, of... Yeah, yeah, like, was... I was fucking ringing hospitals, police stations, anything that I could think of. It was horrible. Yeah, it was. It was a bad, was a bad time. it turned out, they're one of the best stories ever. Yeah. And, and, when I walk, and on the, the day that I walked through, it was my 30th birthday. <laughs> my whole family were there, and when I walked through the door, everyone was on the floor crying <laughs> because they thought I was dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so happy you told this story. Yeah. It's amazing. Shit, <laughs> 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 man. <laughs> the troubles you get yourself into. Oh, Can't wait for this Christmas, yeah, man. <laughs> no, it's uh, yeah. I, I do get myself into a lot of scrapes, but there you go. That's what happens, really. It's one of life's lessons, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you never really learn, really. <laughs> I, I, I'm like Ramon Vega and Emma Hesse. <laughs> I'll never fucking learn. <laughs> never. Um, yeah, that's it. I think that's a good way to end, isn't it? <laughs> end on a high. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic pod this week, I think, lads. Um, thank you very much, Alex, Ricky, no Bardi. Thank you. Um, thanks, everyone, for downloading the pod once again. Uh, that's it. Stay sexy. <laughs> Stay sexy. Buy the fanzine. Yeah. We're sending them out this week. Thank fuck. <laughs> Bye. You haven't got sex, are you? Fair man. Blowing your beans up over Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.